0: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Archived Conversations, a podcast about contemporary art and politics. Uh, Today, we have a very special guest, Alana. Hi. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. Thank you for uh, being with us today. I'm so excited uh, to talk with you. Um, please go ahead and give us some info about yourself.
1: Um, so my name's is Lana. I've been a chef for uh, about like six years now, um, kind of since I like sprung into adulthood. Um, I'm an Afro-Latina, a queer person, and um, well, you know, going into the food industry, which is like very cishet white, uh, <laughs> it it teaches you some things about how political food is.
0: Oh, yeah. Even when I was doing research um, for this conversation, I Googled like famous chef and like, yeah, just a <laughs> sea of white men. I think I got to like the 10th like row uh, and I saw one lady, uh, but she was white. Um, <laughs> and then cat scrolling, cat scrolling, cat scrolling. Finally, I saw, like, one, like, man who looked Asian. And I'm like, okay, but I don't, I've never, <laughs> this is all, this is the, the top uh, responses, huh? Like. Yep, that's uh, all they give you. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um and you said you started cooking about 6 years ago. Um how did you kind of get started? Was it out of
1: necessity because you kind of mentioned like springing into adulthood? Um, um it was it was ultimately. I had I've always been like the cook of the family. My um close to both of my grandmas and um they've taught me how to cook culturally like significant food and I'm half Dominican, half Colombian, so um mm-hmm. just a lot of cooking that's like how you show love, um, yeah. And then I mean, yeah, I turned 18 and I was tired of poverty <laughs> and I needed to make money fast. In four years of college, I went to one week of community college and uh had a panic attack and quit and went to culinary school instead. Um, and culinary school was only a couple of months and it kind of fast tracked me on like a career, yeah. Uh, and I, Realized I could make money and also do something, like, fairly interesting. So it felt worth it at the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. I, like, I... I mean, not awesome that you had a panic attack. <laughs> uh, but the fact that you took that and were like, okay, it's time to, like, switch gears and not do this thing that's causing me to literally, like, not be able to function. Quite
1: literally. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um,
0: yeah, I, know. I I definitely feel that I did I was so ready to be done with school I I stuck it out but I was like struggling through it the whole time and I finally I I kind of had a moment too where I was trying to study other things and then none of nothing was working it it was hard for Mm -hmm. me to focus and then finally it was like I'm gonna just do art um and it was still hard (laughs) but (laughs) I was like I'm gonna just do it um this is the thing that I love to do and I'm passionate about so
1: yeah, I definitely. Like, at 17, 18, being like, oh, hey, pick a specific topic to then study for the next four years and like make sure you're an expert on it by the end of that time was so much pressure. Like, I was like, I just finished high school and I feel emotionally drained. Can I have a moment, please? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so. I think it was, it was like definitely a turn of events that I didn't think it would take, but, um, no cooking is cooking has had its ups and downs for sure. But, um, yeah, we'll get into it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so I guess what, one of the things I guess I'll ask you first is, um, what are some of your like favorite dishes to make?
1: Okay, definitely. Anything plantain-based is kind of all I care about. Um, Mangu is like, it's like a traditional Dominican dish. Um, It's mashed plantains, and then like Dominican salami, um, a fried egg, fried cheese, and then pickled onions. And like, it's just traditional breakfast food. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to eat. And then... On the Colombian side of things, I'd probably say, my grandma teaches me, they're basically like fried cheese balls, buñuelos, Mm -hmm. and my grandma teaches me to make them every single Christmas as if she she hasn't taught me how to make them every year. (laughs) Um, So it's just very, very special to me. I just let her go off and like go off on the tangent about how she's teaching me this, and um, it's really, really sweet.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I think that there can be such an incredible bond built between people when you prep food together, like even just like chopping vegetables together, um, or cooking together and also just sharing the meal together. It's like you work together to create something amazing and delicious and then you have the reward afterwards and then you can have a conversation over the
1: meal. (laughs) Exactly. Like food is so much about like, to me, community building and, I don't know. I mean, because it's about culture. It's about like your roots and where you come from and you learn things about people when you cook for them or when they cook for you. Um, And I just think it's, it's such a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. And it's also one of those things that uh, everyone has to do. (laughs) Like everyone's, (laughs) everyone's got to eat to survive. So it's like, that's one of the biggest things that everyone and like all of humanity has in common. And that's like, incredible
1: (laughs) exactly and that's also i think so much of what makes it political is because it is one of our most basic needs you know we need nourishment we need food to function um it becomes it becomes a thing when when we've got food insecurity and when we've got i mean all of the issues we have surrounding um the housing crisis and all of those things that goes back to food Uh, you can't expect people to like lift themselves up by their bootstraps uh, if they're not fed if they're not nourished if they can't function, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it going back to our good old friend capitalism, <laughs> it's like we're you know, even in school we're taught to just be productive to like work keep, just keep working to towards whatever like end goal there is, usually it's for someone else's goal that you're working towards. Mm-hmm. Um and this has definitely created a culture. I'm sure you've also seen the memes of um, people like not eating enough, um and not in the sense of because they don't want to eat or there's something else going on in there. It's because they're so busy that they like forget to eat. Um And there's the memes of like me wondering why I uh, am tired at. 12 p.m. when all I've had (laughs) is an iced coffee and, like, my vape or something like that. Yes,
1: yeah. And (laughs)
0: that's become such a common, (laughs) yeah, it's become such a common thing um, where people just, like, don't even eat breakfast. You just mentioned one of your favorite dishes is, like, A breakfast uh, dish. And most Americans, I'm sure there's a statistic on how many Americans eat breakfast. And I can guarantee you, it's probably not most.
1: (laughs) No, no. And it's, yeah, I mean, to take the time, because again, capitalism, we're not given the time to take that time to make a meal for ourselves. I mean, I think that's like such a big part of self care. And like, I mean, just survival. You need to take five minutes to make yourself a meal. I will feel so stressed. and if I take like twenty minutes to just do that one little thing for myself, it's I instantly feel better for the rest of the day. But it's about like taking that and not feeling the pressure of like every other single thing that you have on your mind and on your plate. Um, but it's really, really hard to do in like the system that we've set up.
0: It is. I, I constantly am having this kind of, I guess, conversation like with my partner about like I don't understand how people like most people can work like a full-time job and like somehow work out like often and then they're eating and meal prepping and I'm like I don't I can barely even like <laughs> juggle the the part-time job I have with like making sure I have food to bring to that part-time job (laughs)
1: the next day exactly (laughs) exactly yeah it's like so you have you know eight hours at your job four hours to yourself when you get home and with those four hours you've got to make yourself a meal to eat that night shower brush your teeth take care of yourself mate uh if you want to relax that's out the window because then you also have to prep for the next day and it's just like this vicious cycle that we all fall into and it makes it impossible to like one I think enjoy food um yes and, yes. and two, to even get it into us, like that we're eating nutritious foods and that we're, I mean, it brings out like binge eating in a lot of us. Um, yes. Awful statistic, but um, Latinos, specifically like Latino men, um, have the highest uh, binge eating rates, but they also make up the majority of the service industry. So we work them to the bone and we and don't feed they, them the way that they need yeah. to be fed. So they're, star- they're they're starving all day and then they're eating giant plates of food. Um, and it's created like an entire culture of that for specifically, like I would, I would say in my community, um, yeah, I mean, we're not taught to eat small plates of food because you're not sure when your next meal is coming or you're going to go work a 12 hour shift. So eat up now and, you know, you'll replenish at some point later, 12 hours from now. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that is why too, that maybe for some people at least, uh, when holidays come around, um, it, that it really does become a special thing of making a a very special meal, a a big special meal, and then sharing it with all of your friends and family Mm -hmm. for the day. You don't get that a lot. And even, even me growing up, um, my parents, we always ate at the dinner table together. We always sat together, um, for a meal, but I know, I remember so many of my friends, like, and I'm talking like elementary and middle school even, um, would be even just surprised that I, that my my family was together, uh, for a meal at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember my family went through like a big, we, we went through like a collective traumatic event and like, We went from a family that, like, ate dinner every night together to, like, two separate homes, and then my mom was struggling with medical issues, and all of these things come into play, and, like, that aspect of things is gone. Um, But it, again, just goes back to, like, again, the system, capitalism does not – it's not about community building. It's not about people being – us together. It's no. the exact opposite. It's tearing us apart in so many ways. And um, I think food is just like a really small little example of a much, much bigger issue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, capitalism tears us apart because that that's that's the whole goal of like, we want you to be by yourself in your own apartment that you're paying for. The one-bedroom, mm-hmm. one-bed apartment, that's too expensive. We want you to have uh, your own car, um, not not really, you know, uh, investing in uh, public transportation because oil companies are mm-hmm. always lobbying against that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like all these little things are being built around us to keep us away from each other so that we're not actively near each other all the time where we're talking about all of these issues and demanding because you know again it's like how many of us I guess like normal average everyday people are there and then how many people are in power
1: Mm -hmm, exactly they don't want us
0: to uh
1: they don't want us to think about that no, I there was a really um interesting I think it was probably a TikTok that's unfortunately where I get a nice chunk of That's okay. I get
0: I learn a lot from TikTok, so I, <laughs> yeah, I, I love mean, it. it's
1: a good it's a good starting point for learning a lot of things and then you can like get deeper into it. Yes. Um but it was talking about how hard like community building as like a concerned citizen and like a con- concerned like community member activist like how hard it is to build Systems to help like your fellow person, you know, your neighbor, um, because we're just so disconnected. And I think that's where like tools like TikTok and stuff hopefully come in and build us back up. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that's kind of my goal with food and where I see myself is like hopefully building community through food to help others, you know, like isn't that the end goal for like most people who do art is to bring people together, I think, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Or call attention to something.
1: Yes. Yeah. Put eyes on it. I mean, cause mm-hmm. again, like you said, we all, we're not all together being able to like call everybody out. Hey, look at this thing. Um, cause we're all on our own path alone, isolated that, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully we can call attention, make change, do what we need to do for like a better future. Cause right now yes. it's very bleak.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> It is. I will say definitely um, through having a few of these different conversations um, now and like any time that I am in a space that is like blatantly community oriented, like uh, an event that is blatantly centered around that, I always get Mm -hmm. a little a little glimmer of like hope in my heart just because it's like. The world is shit, but at least the people who are like here immediately in front of me are like good people who are trying to do good shit and in this shit world. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, at
1: least I'm, I, at least, at least there's that, you know? <laughs> no, I know. It's like a nice little sliver. You're like, okay, there are good people, there are cool people that are seeing it the same way. Yeah, exactly. But surely, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess I also would like to ask, um, you know, like what, and th- this can be uh, expanded upon, um, but what what uh, and, okay, so the reason I also thought of this question, um just to preface, uh, the gallery that I work with, we recently had a show um that was focused um, around food justice and food sovereignty, and there was, like, a panel, um, and there was a couple people, um, there was, there was, uh, one guy who, uh, is the, um, Feeding Tampa Bay, like, guy, I don't know if he was the CEO, I don't remember exactly, like, what his title was, but, like, he was there talking, there was somebody who, at, At the school I work at, um, they have, uh, food banks, uh, and, or what is it? Uh, uh, Oh, like community pantries, kind of a pantry. That's what I was, that's the word I was looking for. Um, like the coordinator of the food pantry was there and everything. And overall it was a good conversation. I think I just became a little frustrated at one point because, uh, one of the people who was on the panel co- continued to say, like, we, like, need to do more work towards achieving, you know, food justice and everything mm-hmm. in this way. And it was somebody who, and I, I do agree with that, but I guess where the problem, where I was getting frustrated was I was I just kept thinking about how much more could be done if not just us were thinking about it? Um, Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Like
0: what, what if uh, Ron DeSantis (laughs) tomorrow, you know what I'm saying was like, we're going to end hunger in Florida right now uh, by, I don't know, raising the taxes by like (laughs) 0.5% or something. And Or we're going to, I'm going to donate a portion of my wealth to do this. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't happen. Like, uh, that's not really something that is largely talked about um, or, like, put pressure on to. And I guess it's just because there's a million other things that are at stake. Um, So it's hard to to pick one thing to uh, focus on. But I guess... Out of this, I wanted to ask you, someone who is, like, in this industry um, Mm -hmm. and is passionate about it, um, what does food justice and, like, food sovereignty mean to you?
1: Well, you know, let's let's start. We'll go back to my fine dining days because that's what I did for the first couple of years of my career. All right, let's do it. because that's, <laughs> that's where the money was. It was like if I wanted to make money, it was fine dining. And, I mean, it's interesting. I have a love for, like, I mean, the crazy science that goes into molecular gastronomy, all that stuff. Um, but then you sit yeah. there and you realize the people that you're feeding.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's where it gets starts to get to me. I remember um, going ahead and, I mean, we worked 16-hour shifts. I was working. There was a point I had a paycheck. I worked 78 hours. Um, I don't know yeah. why that was even a thing that I was doing, but that's what was going on. And so um, we went ahead and prepared like plates for 500 people, and these are like incredibly rich, old money down in yeah. Palm Beach, Florida. Like that yep. was the the uh, energy of it. it um, and every single plate comes back. There's maybe a bite or two taken out of it. They're all like too drunk to eat a salad, and all of the food is coming back and who's you know carrying it on over downstairs where it's all going to get thrown out a bunch of people of color um a bunch of visa workers that we worked with a bunch of like these wonderful people that i've grown to love and that we built like a community and a family within our kitchens but they were struggling to pay rent you know i was lucky i did not have responsibilities like that were so deep yet you know like rent was thankfully covered um So that was a big thing off my plate, and I don't have children, and I don't have those things to worry about in that sense. Um, I was trying – I could concentrate at that point in my life on, like, trying to build something for myself. And these people didn't have that. And, again, you see people like – it was probably people like DeSantis sitting there shoving their faces and, you know. Absolutely. uh, being weird with waitresses or whatever it is and uh, and meanwhile the rest of us are doing all of this hard work to pull off this one night and they get a night like that every single week um and i mean and they don't even it... appreciate it no they don't even it's... appreciate it because they get it all the time exactly and it's so much about that like retribution that read just like I just want that wealth to be redistributed. Yeah, You know, they get the access to such good food. They get access to the best food. And I mean, I've been lucky because I've worked in this industry. I've gotten to try all of these things and do all of these things. But, and I've gotten like this wealth of knowledge. I've also gone into debt for it, but yeah, I wish there were a way. And like what I think a lot of food justice is obviously goes into racial justice and all Mm -hmm. of those things and equity for everybody, for all, um, you know, communities. Um, but I also think it just, it it has to start from the top. It has to start from Mm -hmm. these like rich, evil little overlord men, (laughs) um, putting money. It comes down to money and it comes down to funding, um, projects that, that get food out there and healthy food if we can, because, you know, we've got, um, food deserts in so many parts of the country and we've got, such a lack of access to like good quality nutrition for children. I mean, I remember school lunches are like a grilled cheese and, you know, I mean, like it's not good for you. It's bad. Yeah. (laughs) You're not learning to like vegetables. You're not learning to enjoy food. And that's not a thing in a lot of other countries. A lot of other countries have their school lunches. They're like five-star meals because that's what children deserve in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinions. But here we're like, we're going to, you know put children in debt and make them go to school every day and remind them hey you owe us money to be able to eat your one meal a day and that's an insane concept um and yeah. I think it goes back to in Florida see you were talking about um DeSantis and all that stuff and and like taking a chunk of his wealth and putting it somewhere and Florida has really strict laws about um well, we've got cottage laws. So like the whole idea of food sovereignty is kind of we take back, you know, our ownership of food, our ownership of essentially the land and distribute mm-hmm. it the way that we would like to um, in a very ideal world. And the way that they've set up a lot of like the cottage laws in Florida, you can't produce you can't produce and sell or like barter food um, legally in a lot of ways. The limitations are very, very small. It's like a small amount of baked goods and things like that. And other states have theirs a little more widened. And other states also allow for um, free fridges. Tampa free fridge, something I do want to shout out. Um, yes. was put through the ringer um, yes. when they first started because we have some really insane laws about, like, literally just helping people or the lie that you can't donate food at a restaurant because it's against um, – it's against the law because that person that got that donated food could sue you for getting sick. Completely not true. We're fully yeah, allowed of that. you I- – yeah, I heard as, about that too, yeah. And um, when it comes down to it, as long as you're following um, essentially surf-safe guidelines, food within a certain amount of hours, cooled down properly, all of those things, which it takes us two extra steps anyways, we could be donating food. We could be giving out that extra food. We go through so much food waste, and yeah. um, I think that's what killed my, like, love for – that was part of it. It was seeing how much food waste, how much stuff gets thrown out for – for a party for this and that and it's like but we're also set up that way um that I think it comes down to like making sure that we're and we can do our part and we can do those little things obviously it's a much bigger issue that much more wealthy people need to need to tackle but I think we can start small with like food swaps and I mean the same way we do a clothing swap if you've got that box of pasta that you thought you were going to love and you didn't like it go swap it with someone for something that they bought in bulk because that's another issue that we have you know um Mm -hmm. i'm like one person i only buy groceries for me and there's always too much of them i only ever need half a loaf of bread what if we could create a system locally to go ahead and give someone else that half a loaf of bread and then they could give me something or we can just you know donate a little freer um but because we've got all these laws in place and these kind of things that you know a lot of red tape that stop you from having something like a free fridge it makes it so much harder
0: yeah I also specifically remember (coughs) my friend who had been um, volunteering with Food Not Bombs Tampa Mm -hmm. they had gone to like some park where um, you know they would meet with they would bring a bunch of food and feed anyone who was at that park, many of them houseless. And yeah. it's like, okay, so that sounds good. Everybody, <laughs> there's people donating uh, either food or money t- in order to help create these meals for people who don't know when their next meal will be. And then you take exactly. them to a public park, a public place where anyone should be able to meet and, you know, have a picnic, I guess, is what we can call it. Um <laughs> Uh, uh but then the um they ended up getting shut down by the cops. The cops came and said that they had they were like soliciting or not soliciting, I'm sorry, like loitering or something. Oh, but it's like okay. they're literally sharing food like sharing food at a park. Can you just not call that a picnic? Is it because they're houseless? Is it's that exactly really why? what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like criminalizing something that people can't help. And it just like it's it's um, very backwards. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever.
1: And it's because we criminal. I mean, we criminalize poverty and then right know, and demonize we, it. Exactly, and then you know we make it. That's why I think I love the idea of like free fridges, and I really me I have hope that we can get more around like Tampa because it's also an anonymous thing. You know, you can just go to it. Nobody has to see you. You don't have to feel, like, ashamed that you need help and assistance, which I wish we didn't need to feel that way at all, but I understand it. And, I mean, going and getting, like, good, viable food from a source where, like, I don't know, a lot of, also a lot of the places in Tampa, as I've been doing, like, more research on it, a lot of them are very, like, faith-based, and that's just not it for a lot of people in, like, the LGBTQ plus community. Like, we don't I don't want to be in a church for a food drive. No. I don't want to be yeah. religious folks. That makes me uncomfortable. I wouldn't ask someone who like presents, you know, a certain way to go and, and put themselves in danger, um, you know, in a religious setting, in a setting where yeah. you might be like attacked or anything like that. Um, and so I think we need less faith-based organizations and more food fridges, more pantries, more like again, grassroots locally grown, like run by uh, black and indigenous people of color. Yeah. Not just, you know, white Christians that have, like, a savior complex about them.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're only doing it because they want to get to heaven. Exactly. <laughs>
1: like, I just hope that people can eat, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, I, I'm i just trying to do this because I understand that we all uh, need food. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of us have a little bit more access than others. Uh and I think a big part of you know where that shame can come from is again just like what like uh this kind of like the all of the politics, you know, it, it kind of uh, mm-hmm. goes into uh capitalism and you know pulling up your bootstraps, um, don't be lazy, work and you'll get what you need, and also uh the kind of like the idea that if you cannot provide like for yourself and for your own well you didn't pull your bootstraps up hard enough exactly and like you should like feel inferior or like you didn't do enough
1: yeah now you don't get to eat sorry and now you don't get to eat are not met
0: (laughs) right uh and it's just, it can be so frustrating. So I really do just, I I, I also love the idea of um, free fridges or like, I love that those exist. Um, I saw one in Orlando um, a few months ago when I was there too. I think this first one I'd ever like seen or heard about like was in St. Pete Um, Mm -hmm. and then Tampa got one. Um, and then, yeah, I saw one in Orlando, so it's cool to see that it's becoming more of a thing, even through whatever hurdles
1: people have to go through. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it comes down to people with, that, that really want to community build, that really want to reach out and have the time and resources as well to, you know, put themselves out there, to call, to act, to, you know, do something, um, because we've got to obviously do something about food insecurity. I think it's like such a, you know, we all want to fight and we all want, like, I think a lot of us want let's <laughs> not sugarcoat it a revolution in so many ways. Um, yeah. You can't do that when you've got no food in your stomach. You can't do that when you're overworked and underpaid and too tired to even donate. Cause that's, that's part of what it is, is time. We can't yeah. rally. We can't come together because we don't have the time to, because if you don't, how to put the time into your job you're nine to five you don't have a roof over your head you don't have food to put in your kids mouths um and yeah i just i just want the vicious cycle to end and i think we can start with really small things like food fridges and and you know coming up with with easier ways to get people nutritious food
0: yeah i i agree 100 percent And it's just a shame how much food goes to waste. It really is just a shame. Mm -hmm. And it is often those audiences, like you mentioned, the fine dining, um, the people who kind of go to those types of establishments who can afford to um, and then not eat any of the food that they just paid for. Uh, (laughs) it's, (laughs) it's, It's like, okay, there's an excess that's being served to people who, yes, they can pay for it, but there's an excess. So why can't we get, the food was paid for. Why can we not redistribute that food? Because it was already paid for.
1: (laughs) No, exactly. It's 100%, like, it's such a simple concept at its core. And I've, I've fought bosses and I have tried my hardest to or I'll take things home if they're like oh you can take it yeah I'm like I'm gonna take it home and I'm gonna go donate it because I'm not gonna eat this but yep. I can make sure someone else gets it or I don't need it but I mean mm-hmm. and we can start small I know a lot of artists and like you know we all work in the service industry to some capacity yeah. you know if if you have the the little bit of lead way to take something from work and donate it or or even just take it for yourself and for your friends that you know are in need like do so
0: yeah um, when I worked at a museum a couple years ago, uh, this was probably a f- little more than a couple years ago because I believe it was, like, pre-COVID. Uh-huh. Um, we There would be, you know, it's a museum, so they would have, like, these private events with, like, catering and stuff, and sometimes I would have to work those. Um, and there would, yeah, again, often be a surplus of food. And I remember one time, like, not many people are – People people who, like, worked there kind of, you know, they were able to grab some food for themselves to take home, but there's still so much left over. I just kind of, like, started filling a couple of boxes, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go outside to the people who are outside every single day because they don't have any place to live, uh, and I'm going to give this food to them <laughs> because exactly. otherwise it's just going to get thrown away. Um, and, and I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. I was kind of just packing boxes, like... I was just packing boxes and people probably just thought it was for myself, but
1: uh, <laughs> that was no, one of the
0: biggest aspects of that job that just one of the the aspects of that job that just was like, I don't know if this is like the space that I want to be in.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. It, it is, it is that simple. You know, it is as simple as putting food in a to-go container and giving it to someone. And obviously the bigger you know, the higher ups don't see it that way for whatever reason. And again, we all have bought into the lie that, like, someone can sue you thing. Um, right. But if it comes down to paying a couple of legal fees to m- make sure that a bunch of people got fed, I kind of think that's worth it. And <laughs> especially when rich. these people
0: are profiting, like, every exactly. day off of other exactly.
1: people's labor so you yeah, might as well you know <laughs> you might as well
0: um yeah that's my attitude about it as well um <laughs> and it's also uh, th- this also has me thinking too, um when you mentioned laws uh there are also um and i don't know to the to what extent and if this is uh, uh unique to america or anything like that but i know um Typically when people are like planning a city or you know, like uh, ha- ha- what it's what we're gonna build, like where's the par- is there gonna be a park? Where's the park mm-hmm. gonna go? Blah blah blah. Um, oftentimes in these like urban kind of planning uh things, they often will do um or what's I don't know the what the right way of putting this, but it's like uh, they're they're sexist towards plants. So it's like they only plant male plants <laughs> so that they yes. won't flower and fruit. Um, yeah. So that there won't be, like, f- fruit trees, like, or vegetables, like, everywhere um, for free. And uh, it's like, that's just dumb. Because
1: imagine if we all had like apple trees and orange trees just growing everywhere everywhere. yeah well and that all goes back to like redlining and and that whole thing and and how we you know sectioned off people of color and black folk into like these awful little areas where we gave them no resources um (laughs) and it unfortunately all goes back to that concept but yeah it really is as simple as and i know new york new york has been like on the forefront of um gardens like gardens everywhere mm-hmm. making urban gardens um there's a whole initiative about it and I wish I could remember the name of what it is um just with school kids and making sure that at their schools they have these gardens so they can access things like like why why would that be a bad thing you know to have like a cucumber uh, garden or little things like that where you can just access free food um but they've set it up so you cannot do that Um, Same with like the dumpster diving thing. As long as you have Mm -hmm. a no trespassing sign up, it is then illegal to dumpster dive. But Mm -hmm. I mean, again, TikTok, I've seen so many amazing videos of people finding, I mean, just bounties of food and and unexpired things too. Me too. Deemed trash because that's what they say it is now. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've watched,
0: like, so many uh, YouTube videos um, about dumpster diving. Most of them, I think, were, like, in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen, I did see a few, like, in the U.S., and they were actively like, this is illegal, but I'm going to go do it. Hopefully I don't get <laughs> caught. And it's like, man, like, ridiculous. It's just uh, absurd to me. Um, it's just absurd. And... But I will say on the bright side, um, I believe in Brazil, since we were talking about, like, uh, farming and uh, food forests and that kind of thing. Yeah. uh, The world's, what will be the world's largest, um, like, community garden slash food forest is in Brazil. um, And they're going to, they've already fed, like, thousands of people. um, And it's not even at its largest it's not even at its largest, uh, state yet.
1: Oh, that's awesome. See, I love that.
0: Yeah. And they also, it's like, uh, community run as well. Like, uh, people will come and volunteer, um, to take care of it and plant things. And it's just, uh, it was a pretty inspiring thing to read about. Um, and it's one of those things where we I read it and I'm like, why are we not doing that here when we have, when we could, when we definitely, like, there's no reason why we couldn't do that. And I just, I just feel like there's so many ideas like this, like, even in conversations that I've had with people, like, on this podcast already. Yeah. Like, there, there's always this, I feel like we always end up talking about these things uh, where uh, people who are in power say like, oh, like that cannot be done or, uh, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, we flew to the moon (laughs) because we wanted to like, why is there, why, why is there no way that we could have a giant food forest like in every neighborhood in the United States if we wanted to. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. If we can go to the moon, <laughs> if we can shoot these incredible like high tech cameras out into space <laughs> and take yeah. pictures of galaxies <laughs> that are thousands of light years away,
1: then I think why we could can't maybe. we feed everyone on
0: planet Earth? Doesn't make any sense to me, but um. Mean-
1: like, agriculture is one of the most basic things that humans have perfected for years. There's not a single reason that um, we shouldn't have one in every neighborhood. And especially, I mean, it. also, I think that's part of, like, reparations, giving back. That I mean, you know, BIPOC people may get, like, I think, I forgot, again, what the per- percentage was. But, like, the smallest portion of farmers, but then when you think about everybody who Um, And, like, landowners, but when you think about the people who are picking your food and packaging your food and doing all of the hard work and they're getting paid literal pennies for it, it's, like, what if we were to give back to our communities? What if we were to give an acre, I mean, an acre or two of land to some underserved community and see what they do with it? I mean, no one would go unfed, you know? Yeah. Um, But... Uh, there's got to be like an Amazon warehouse that's got to be put there or something. So Right. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: it's, it's one of those things that I think at least is getting more attention, um, especially since COVID has exasperated a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, even the numbers, uh, when we had the panel at the gallery I mentioned earlier, um, it's like the amount of people seeking... Uh, food mm-hmm. has like doubled, um, in the last two years, and it's like forty percent of the population that at the school I work at is uh, food insecure. Like they don't know where their yeah. next meal is going to come from. Um, and that is just it, again, it's just one of those frustrating things. Um, it's just one of those frustrating things that, well, that's why I, I, um, I like to shout out like food, not bombs a lot. And Mm -hmm. I try to donate to them every so often because that's, that's such important, important work that doesn't always get recognized.
1: No, no, especially like, in in again the platform of like who gets recognized for doing the community work and like for doing these things it is always again like those Christian white organizations that are doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. Which I have to look them up. I this is the first time I'm hearing about them. Um, Colonialism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it all goes back to that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then there's actually so. this really cool, I mean, for people in Tampa, uh, business owners, anybody. Um there's this amazing app that's like popping off all over in Europe and in um major cities. I think New York has started doing doing it. Um too good to go. Um if you have a business or some kind of like, you know, thing where you sell food, you can register your business to offer like discounted, incredibly discounted food at the end of the night, at the end of service and you can set your own prices and there's a way to use it through the app tampa is not on it at all and i think if we got enough people onto it it could push it forward because i think it'd be a really cool thing here we have so many restaurants we have so much so so much of that like industry booming here but that means there's so much waste at the end of the night that means there's yeah. so much just good food getting thrown out into the trash um and i think if we can limit that that would be awesome
0: yeah, and thank you for mentioning that. I think I, like, found out about that app, like, maybe a year ago. Through TikTok, again. Um, <laughs> always. And I, yeah, always. And I went to go download it, and there wasn't, like, really anything uh, in available in Tampa. I don't think anything at all. Um, but I think it is a really cool concept, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, we have this big pot of like chili or whatever that like never sold and we can't save it uh instead of selling it for like six dollars for a cup of it let's sell it for like three or whatever and then then,
1: yeah I mean it's it's discounted it's a lot cheaper it's more accessible for like good food too I mean I think everyone deserves to have a nice meal out every now and again and if we can give that to people through something like that I think it's a nice resource you know
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Well, that was all really great. Um, Thank you for all of that great info and sharing all of that with us. Um, I uh, wanted to do kind of a fun little uh, game where I list three uh, very famous uh, chefs, who are men and who are white and i want to hear your hot takes um because i think that when we talk about cooking and the context of like uh, a chef i think mm-hmm. that these are kind of the three names that kind of come to mind um okay cool so i think it would be kind of fun to see what you think about these people
1: <laughs> oh i love this okay cool. <laughs> i'm excited okay
0: okay so number 1 uh gordon ramsay hot take
1: Okay. Um, Did a lot of cool things for the food world. Um, But like a very specific level of the food world. Um, There's this terrible video of him being what most uh, male chefs are and that's a predator towards Sofia Vergara and I've never been able to um, look at him the same ever um, oh my he like gosh. actually makes my skin crawl like, he just looks like he'd hit on like a barely legal server and that's disgusting so next
0: <laughs> yeah good call um Guy Fieri uh
1: Guy Fieri actually seems like a pretty cool guy um yeah. <laughs> I think he I also think like because he's classically trained French chef done the whole thing worked in Europe. As wow. Like a I did person.
0: not know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The I would man, have like, never guessed <laughs> <laughs> the man is super accomplished, but he goes to like these down home, like, you know, hometown, small businesses. It's very grassroots of him. Like he, he's a mm-hmm. cool guy. And he also has like, during the pandemic, he made sure that a lot of those places, um, were, were, you know, making money by having like specials with them. Yeah. So, um, Big big props to Guy Fieri. We love him. Based Guy Fieri, <laughs> seriously, off to Flavor Town.
0: <laughs> I think he's. I mean, I, I definitely learned um, some things about him in the last couple years. Where I was like, wow, like you seem like a pretty cool person. Like you're all right. Yeah. You know, you're the not whole, like, like officiates gay wedding. <laughs> yeah, you like know? cute, cute. <laughs> gay rights, love that. <laughs> um okay and then last but probably not least um anthony bourdain oh that man
1: (laughs) i've been i actually was like i've been on a binge of um old anthony bourdain content the man Mm -hmm. brings tears to my eyes i think he's genuinely like just he used his power for good um and i don't know he was one of the only people as loud as he was and as like so many white male chefs now admire him so heavily, but I don't think any of them have ever listened to a damn thing he's ever said. Um, he's been so loud about, like, mistreatment in kitchens, and he was so loud about, like, sexism and, like, the racism mm-hmm. and all of those things, and he would go to countries, and he was so respectful towards everything that happened, and, like, I just – I stan. Um, <laughs> rest yeah. in peace to, to yes. a really – a really wonderful man. Um, yeah, I loved Anthony Bourdain, for sure.
0: Yeah, I really did not know anything about him before um, I started dating my partner. And he loves um, Anthony Bourdain and would watch his show.
1: Anthony Bourdain is definitely a good one. Um, and then if I'm going to shout out a couple of uh, chefs of color, a couple of yes. amazing people. Um, if you want fantastic food content, Sola El Wally. Um, she blew the top off of the whole uh, Bone Appetit scandal with mistreatment yeah. of um, uh, of the chefs of color there. And yep. I just think she's amazing. Um, I love everything she does. Her and her husband are both amazing. Um, and then I so there's also Chef Kwame. I cannot pronounce his last name. Um, I am not going to butcher it. I will just learn how to say it later. And, uh, just won a James Beard award, um, started a like chef safe nail polish brand. So then we can wear nail polish oh. for self-expression at work. And I thought that was really, really fun. That um, is. yeah, super, super cool people. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. Those are just two people that I'm obsessed with right now. And I think everyone should be paying attention
0: to. Yeah, I'll have their um, names in the description, too, and any links that we can find for social media or websites so that people can check them out. Um, Well, great. Thank you so much. Um, And then I guess one of my last questions, um, which, you know, ties into the shout outs you just gave, but... uh, what are some of your biggest influences, um, in this space?
1: Ooh, uh, in this space, um, God, definitely, and there's, like, specific, specific women that I've worked with, but I think any, any woman I've worked with in the past, like, six years has changed my life, uh, monumentally, um, I've worked with so many, uh, let, let me shout out actually Wanda. Um, she's not going to ever listen to this, but Wanda was like probably the first, uh, like woman of color I saw take charge in like a setting full of, full of white men, full of white mm-hmm. people. Um, she just garnered respect in a way that like, I don't know. I think it just, I would see her and just like let her go off. And I was like, damn, I want to, I want to I wanna grow up to be her. And, uh, yeah, I will forever admire her. Um, and then just, you know, the like I think every chef has like a grandma story or like a mom story. And I just think, um, specifically my dad's mom, the way that she like commands a kitchen and and just without fail, without recipe, without anything, just cooking through like love and soul and feeling. And it comes out great every time. And I think I will always and forever admire that.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I'm so glad you have been surrounded by, like, so many, like, strong, like, women who can help kind of, like, guide you and uh, shape you into the chef you are today.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I would hope to eventually, you know, create a space where we're all doing something like that, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're on your way.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It's all, it's all part of the journey.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, again, um, this was such a great conversation. So Yes,
1: I loved this. Thank you yeah. so much for reaching out.
0: Yeah, and again, just thanks for taking the time. You know, I know every little moment can be precious, so I really appreciate <laughs> you spending some time with me today and with our audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I wanted to go ahead and give a little shout-out to a local organization. Um this is actually someone who does deal with uh, food insecurity and the uh, food sovereignty often um, and will often center um, people with disabilities as well. Um, but okay, the name of the organization is Abolition and Action. Um, they have a community garden. They do um, reparations, free stores all the time. They're constantly doing community events um, and activist events. I think one of their next uh, events is going to be on August sixth, um, where they're going to uh, meet in order to uh, learn how to um, uh, call like your local representatives mm-hmm. um, and like how you how to speak and uh, like how how you can get your voice heard. And if we all do it, you know uh, the the power that can be demonstrated with so many voices. Um, And I think that's really important too, just because I think me included, um, a lot of people have uh, anxiety with phone calls and that kind of a thing, especially with someone someone who might be in power. Uh, It can be very anxiety inducing, but they are gonna hold an event uh, where they say like, uh, we're gonna make some tea, bring your fa- favorite blanket or stuffed animal and we're going to learn how to do this thing uh, oh, so i, I think that's that. a really great uh way to uh create community action um and inspire that so they're doing a, a bunch of great work a uh, great nonprofit. definitely go check them out um and their website is abolitioninaction.org oh, that's
1: uh, and then wonderful is there i really that you that.
0: wanted to shout out
1: um, I'll be honest, I'm like fairly new to Tampa, so I don't know a ton of organizations locally.
0: That's okay, um, it
1: doesn't need to be local. Okay, cool. Well, I <laughs> I will shout out. Um, I've been obsessed with the Ochre Project um, for a couple of years now. Uh, I mean, it's black trans uh people cooking for black trans people, making sure that they have food and safety. And, you know, I mean, they, they do a bunch of actions against violence for um the trans community and it's really really wonderful work um and actually a local orga- organization further down south in florida um arc i can't remember i think it's like across broward um they teach uh disabled people how to cook in an accessible way and that's really really awesome uh so yeah
0: yeah that is really great thank you for sharing i i think i've heard of the project before um, but i'll What were we gonna say?
1: Oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, No, I was was just agreeing. I was gonna (laughs) say
0: I'll um I'll link everything below so anyone can go check them out. If you got a couple dollars to spare to donate, um I'm gonna go ahead and send a little bit of money over to Abolition in Action.
1: Uh, I'll do the same. I'll definitely be making a donation.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks, thanks again so much for um, enlightening us and having this conversation. Uh, I had a really great time. Uh, I learned a lot um, you
1: too. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I really just, uh, again, I just appreciate it and all the hard work you're doing. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, of I hope course. to speak to you soon.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. You have a good evening and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. If you would like to follow Alana on her culinary journey, feel free to give her a follow on Instagram username is the underscore rosemary kitchen thanks again alana for being a fantastic guest this episode of archived conversations was brought to you by my lovely patrons over on patreon and you the listener slash viewer thank you so much for your support i really appreciate it if you would like to get these episodes a week early please check out Patreon. Uh, the link will be in the description below, or you can visit patreon.com slash For just $1 a month, you can get access to these podcast episodes a week early, including video, or you can get more depending on which tier you subscribe to. So please check it out, um, and I hope to see you next week. Until then, Have a great one.